This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. The views conveyed by the guests on this program do not necessarily represent the views of the host or owners of the Doggy Diva Show and do not necessarily constitute endorsement of products. Medical information shared by the guests on this program are those of the guests and are for informational purposes only. They should not replace the medical advice of your veterinarian. Hi, this is Susan Marie from the Doggy Diva Show. This week, Pet Safe Holiday Celebrations and the founder of Wolfie's Wish. That's what's on our show this week. Let's get started. Come here, babies. It's time for a treat. The Doggy Diva Show. Here's national award-winning author and animal advocate, Susan Marie. Hi, welcome to the Doggy Diva Show, the show for animal lovers. I'm your host, Susan Marie, and as always, I'm joined by my canine co-hosts, the Doggy Divas themselves. Thank you for joining us today as we bring you the experts in the pet and animal world right to you. Contact us at thedoggydiva.com. That's the D-O-G-G-Y-D-I-V-A.com. We love hearing from you. So go grab a cup of coffee and your pet's favorite treat, and we'll be back in just a moment. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Doggy Diva Show. Monica Layton, president of professional pet sitting, is here with us with our pet tip of the week. Now, Monica, we just got through some of the holidays where the food is very yummy, and sometimes we have leftovers, and those can become a little toxic or dangerous for our pets. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Pet Poison Helpline is really great about sharing some of the stories of their cases. And there's one that really intrigued me in their talks and tale this month. It's about a dog named Sugar. And Sugar's owner had made a meal. They had, you know, slow cooked ribs and they had had them in the fridge. And of course, you know, leftovers, you eat them for a day or two and then people get tired of them. And they were cleaning out the fridge and they started to get a little moldy and everything and they threw them out. But um, the container that they had stored the ribs in had leftover barbecue sauce. Sugar's owner, you know, her dad had gone outside to hose out the container because I guess they didn't want to do that in the sink because it had, you know, mold and stuff like that in there. Um, And this is strictly just barbecue sauce. And what he did was he brought out the container, the crock pot and rinsed everything out with the hose. He rinsed the ground really, really well to make sure, you know, he had kind of gotten it all, you know, went back inside and thought everything was fine. And, you know, about an hour later, he had noticed sugar like kept going over to that spot and he didn't think too much of it because he had thought that he had rinsed everything really, really well. But then sugar started seizuring very quickly and, you know, very rapidly. So of course, He was extremely concerned, you know, got her in there, took her straight to the uh, emergency clinic. 
the dog actually had a mold toxicity and the toxin is called a tremorgenic mycotoxin and it comes from spoiled and moldy food. So in this case, it was literally just the sauce. There was not any ribs, anything like that left, but the small little bit that was, you know, on some grass or mixed into the ground, the small amount that got licked up, which was not, you know, even visible to the owner. They had thought that they had thoroughly soaked the ground, Um, but just from sugar digging around that spot where he had cleaned out the mess caused the issue. Unfortunately for you know his owner, his normal veterinarian was closed at the time. He drove her 60 miles to the nearest emergency hospital and they brought sugar in immediately. After explaining the situation, the emergency care technicians and veterinarians came to the conclusion that sugar might be suffering from xylitol exposure, thinking that there could have been some sugar component because seizures is oftentimes a major cause and effect in xylitol exposure. After calling Pet Poison Helpline and them explaining what had happened, Pet Poison Helpline was able to help them identify the true cause, which was the moldy barbecue sauce. Wow. And yeah, Sugar's owner, you know, puts in here that he never in a million years, you know, he's a barbecue sauce was the last thing on my mind. And he said, you know, they live down by the river And the dog is constantly eating things outside, like rotten fish from the lake, you know, getting into things. And the last thing that he thought would be causing such a serious problem was, you know, a minuscule amount of old sauce. So after some serious treatment and hospitalization, IV fluid, they gave methocarbinol for the tremors, anticonvulsants for the seizures, antiemetics. I mean, the dog had some heroic measures given and a lot of aggressive monitoring, but um, it saved her life. And, you know, without getting that pet straight to the hospital and them having the information on hand to get in touch with Pet Poison Helpline, definitely saved Sugar's life. Wow. That's how old was, did they say how old Sugar was? They do not. I know that Sugar is a pit mix, oh. but I do not know. It does not state how old she is. Well, Lisa has a happy ending. Yeah. Or sugar. You know, I know that moldy foods can cause issues, but the fact that the owner was very certain that they had saturated the ground pretty well when they had, you know, rinsed it out, you know, the chances of him leaving large amounts of stuff there, you know, is pretty slim. So it had to have been a pretty small amount that the dog digested. Wow. So it just goes to show you, you know, how dangerous moldy food can be. And, and I think, and we've talked about this like quite a while ago, different things that we have even in our own trash, like, and such as bread, you've said that bread could be really bad as far as like the mold, like people don't even think about it. Yes. Because a lot of people, you know, they throw it away, it's done, it's over. And then you get a small little amount of bag rips or, you know, you're taking it out and a little piece falls out and we have people that live by lakes. People go out there and throw things to um, birds, you know, oats, peas, stuff like that, you know, things that you can feed to the ducks and everything. And sometimes you see them around and they you know, they get moldy and then the dog wants to pick it up when you're out on your walk. You know what I mean? It, it's all things that can happen so quickly. It's so hard to, you know what I mean? It's so hard to control sometimes, but if you know what can happen and know what area you're in or where your dog's walking or but it's something that can happen so easily well and i think that too it was really great that uh, you know sugar's dad 
could identify what the problem could be and that the pet poison hotline said, well, this is what, what it is. So it's the importance of that pet poison hotline. And it sounds like you went to an excellent emergency room, by the way. Yes. Yes. I a hundred percent agree. And the fact that he was 60 miles away. Yes. I mean, he, you know, he had to have gotten the dog there in very decent time frame to get her worked on and be able to not have a lot of issues. So I know when, you know, you have pets that are seizuring, you're always concerned about how long they're seizuring for, how long the uh, brain is oxygen deprived. And that can really take a toll on a pet. Yes. You know what I wanted to ask, Monica? Do you have the pet poison hotline just so that you know, we're we're coming into season where there's a lot going on and there's a lot of food and there's a lot of food people probably are leaving at places. And like you said, even if you're out feeding the ducks, feeding the birds, feeding something, you never know. You have to be so hyper vigilant. And absolutely. Is can you give that number out just so that the listeners can have it? Pet poison helpline is one 800 213 And their website is petpoisonhelpline.com. I thank you very much. And this is a story. It did have a happy ending. So I'm very happy about that. And um, it just goes to show how hypervigilant we all have to be around our pets at all times. It's kind of like having eyes in the back of your head, but you really have to do it because sometimes that sniff of barbecue sauce, <laughs> it's just too, I, I have a couple of those in my house. So I know how it is. You have to be very hypervigilant. So Monica, as always, you've got a, this great information. Um, very timely. So I thank you. Can you just do me a favor and just give out the pet poison hotline one more time? Absolutely. It's 1-800-213-6680. And then the website is petpoisonhelpline.com. As always, you brought great information to us. And I thank you very much. Thank you. Have a great week. You too. We'll be back in just a moment. Hello, everyone. Susan Marie here to tell you about the award-winning three-book series, The Doggy Diva Diaries. It is a trilogy of heartwarming and inspirational stories about Miss Olive, a lonely little rescue pup, hoping to find her forever family and friends and a life filled with love. In this series, Miss Olive learns that it doesn't matter what you look like on the outside, it's the kindness and love you have on the inside that counts. Available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and other online booksellers. And please visit us at thedoggydiva.com for more information. Thank you, everyone. Coming up, are you looking to honor and memorialize a pet? We have some answers. Stay with us. Molly, here's your dinner. <laughs> Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your cat tree tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. 
Welcome back, everyone, to the Doggy Diva Show. Erica Messer is the founder of Wolfie's Wish. Through her own personal loss, Erica understands the often detrimental consequences of pet loss grief. Based on this experience, Erica developed affirmative practices that she later turned into a deck of award-winning grieving cards for pet parents, Wolfie's Wish Grieving Cards. And Erica is with us today to share how supporting pet parents through their pet loss and their grief has become her purpose and her passion. So welcome to the show, Erica. Thank you. It's so nice to be here. And what a lovely introduction. You just warmed my heart. Thank you. Oh, thank you. And again, I'm so sorry for your loss. Could you tell us about Wolfie? Yeah, sure. You know, I I like to say that if he was any other animal, he'd be a Tasmanian devil in the cartoon sense. Um, What a character he was. We, uh, we adopted him during the pandemic from a farm and he's he had this eye infection. And so, you know, we were able to give him the care he needed. And I think, you know, once he healed, oh my goodness, he was just trying to jump off of everything and do my art with me. Uh, one time he walked through my wet paint palette of oil paints and I about had a heart attack. We got it off him. He did not, uh, all I did was go to the bathroom. <laughs> it took him two <laughs> seconds to walk through that blue paint. Um, after that i got a studio but yeah he was he was also very very loving and loyal and would come and greet me and play fetch i mean it's just amazing you know we're, we're really i feel so blessed to have had that experience with him what is wolfie's wish and what inspired you to create these beautiful grieving cards for pet parents and can you share some of the messages that you have on them Yeah. So my mom named the company. My mom is Bonnie and she's really the one that encouraged me to do this. She named Wolfie's Wish, she said, because that's what he wants. He wants all of us to find love and joy and peace again, which is a really beautiful message because that's what has happened to me through my journey. And the the cards are, I've got a little stack here. This first one says, I focus on the good in my life. And the back says, it's easy for me to focus on the things that I don't like in my life, but I will balance it with looking at the things that I like and are going well. So it kind of let me evaluate you know, what was happening. And I was ruminating and having some trauma around his death. And I said, okay, that's normal. We're going to go there. I'm going to feel those feelings. But then once I've allowed myself to go there, how can I counter that? How can I bring myself back into the present? What is going good right now? Oh, I have a hot cup of coffee. You know, it got real simple with me. You know, I have a place to sleep. Uh, I have a loving family. So it allowed me to have this balance of going through grief, but also working my way back to a joyful life that I had. So that's what it started with, (laughs) these grieving cards. And we've grown a lot. And I just got off the phone with my mom and got some exciting things happening now. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Now, through this and Wolfie, he's his inspiration, I guess the inspiration mm-hmm. of his passing and how you dealt with your grief has become like your passion and become your purpose. Can you share how losing Wolfie has helped you to or is helping you to kind of help other parents deal with this horrible grief? Yeah, I mean, it's really comes down to when life gives you lemons, right? I can really see that being this case my mom wanted me to share the tools that were working with me and these practices and like my philosophy around the loss and you know so of course we wrote down these cards and i just said okay friends on you know on facebook here's what i'm doing what do you think 
I, of course, got them made and then sent them out for feedback. But the feedback has just been so great. Number one, people want to be acknowledged that their pet loss grief is real and valid and it's important. I think it's still minimized a lot, even outside of my bubble. And then connecting with those people on social media through email has been wonderful. And yeah, it, it definitely gives me a purpose to spring out of bed every day. I've never felt more fulfilled. And it's it's just such a strange journey that I would have never picked this. I never saw this coming, but I've pretty much left my career as a musician to do this full time because it just, every day I'm excited. Every day I get to be more creative and connect with more people. That's awesome. Can you, and I'm not sure if you want to go here, but can you tell us about how Wolfie passed suddenly? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I want to be careful because I, I don't want to bring up trauma for other people. Yes. But um, there was an accident. I had a visitor and we had some house rules and yeah, she was jet lagged and uh, Wolfgang, um, he fell. He fell out of our apartment. So it was, um, it was a living nightmare. I kept looking at her saying, is this really happening? Did this really happen? I was really out of it through the whole experience. And uh, you know, he didn't make it. Obviously, we tried to get him to the vet right away. Um, but it's just one of those horrible things. And you know, I say that. And at the same time, I knew that it was funny because I knew worse things happened all over the world every day. You know, I tried to like bring myself together. It's like, okay, get a grip, you know. And I even was having this self-talk with myself based on things that I guess society had implanted, which was it's just a cat. You're okay, your family's okay. And I really struggled with how to make sense of it all. I'd never had any kind of trauma or sudden freak accident or anything like that. So it was very hard to understand my emotions and what my brain was trying to put together. That being said, you know, I had to acknowledge that, okay, well, yes, there are worse things, but that doesn't make this easier. It doesn't make it less painful or less traumatic. So I just had to kind of acknowledge that and start from there and just start finding solutions. I said, okay, I know people can get through things. I don't know how to get through this, but I'm going to find a way. Well, I have to tell you, Erica, that through your loss and in, in it's uh, having lost uh, one of my fur kids very suddenly too, I understand that trauma and I understand the difficulty in going through it. But what you're right, society does sometimes look at it in a way that it's hard for while we're going through it to even understand it. And what you're doing is you're bringing it out and you're helping it to become recognized and acceptable and understanding that we're losing a family member. And I believe that all of the work that you're doing is bringing us to a really better place. And that's in honor of Wolfie. So I thank you for doing that. Thank you. As a pet parent who has lost, as I said, one traumatically, and then I had another that was 18 years old. But And, and on that note, what advice do you give to pet parents who are saying goodbye, who they know it's time to say goodbye or identifying the time to say goodbye? Yeah, that, so we call that time anticipatory grief, um, when you have to make the decision to end your pet's life based on their quality of life. And, you know, it doesn't, I don't think it's any easier. I think it's like taking a bandaid off slowly, right? You're hurting all the time knowing that this is coming. And so um, there's a lot of people that are specifically focused on helping people through this period called anticipatory grief. But I think to really focus on our own self-care during that, you know, I'm going to have to go through that now. I have three cats now, is to 
acknowledge that, you know, it is part of the process and there's no avoiding it, but how can I make the best of it? And I, I just use my own experience and think, okay, I'm going to have a bucket list. And that's not my idea. I've adopted that from um, actually Colleen Ellis to to do things with my pet that are going to be meaningful for me and my pet. To plan an in-home euthanasia surrounded by love and with flowers and whatever is meaningful. There's just so many ways that you can make this terrible event so much better. Um, and that's really up to individuals. And I encourage anyone to join my pet loss support group and we can talk about it in there. I think the more people that are involved in the decision, the better the outcome and the less guilt there will be. There's going to be guilt. It's just part of it. But, um, you know, taking care of oneself and communicating are two really good things to just start out with. That's very important. And the way you put it is beautiful. And also, I agree with you there. When you're planning it out, you can plan for it to be in a way that is very beautiful, not only for the pet, but for us and the vet. Yeah. Everything sort of, it all comes together and it's a very peaceful event. That's what happened with my second little dog, Francesca. So I understand that. And I, uh, I thank you for bringing that up. Do you have any advice for how we could honor those pets that we've lost the memories of our beloved pets? Yeah, I think, well, first of all, you know, this it's an, it's an individual thing and the grief journey is an individual thing. But for me, what really helped me was I think, um, well, I made some photo albums on my phone. I went through, you know, you can do this search function on an iPhone for videos and even get down to the uh, the month or the location. And so I was able to find a lot that I had forgotten about when Wolfgang was a kitten and, um, you know, it's like sleeping in my shoe kind of stuff. It was really, really cute. And I put all those in one place. And so that when I'm missing him, I can come back and have that. But to honor him, I have a few things. He, he always played with the most unusual toys because they weren't for him, like a pen cap. I have one that has his teeth marks in it because we would play fetch with it. Rubber bands. Like there's just so many random things that I keep together and I can look in my jewelry box and smile about. So that's one way I can honor him. But to be honest, every day I light a candle in the morning and it's the same candle as a way of honoring him. That candle, it was like an aromatherapy candle and I associate the smell with I don't know, healing or my connection to him. So those are just three things that I have found helpful. But really, I carry him around with me in my heart everywhere. So I'm honoring him every day in what I do. But I think a lot of people can get ideas through support groups or for having conversations. You know, it's very common to have some kind of altar or shrine or dedicated area in the home to have photos. I saw you had a photo um, over your shoulder. And so, you know, whatever's meaningful to you, do it. Don't ask for permission. That's what I say. Who cares if someone comes over, you know, and you're worried about that, put it in your room, put it in your closet, put it somewhere where it's personal to you and you don't have to explain it to, you know, your guests at your Christmas party, for example, if you don't want to. That's that's really, and it's amazing that you saw that. And also when Miss Olive passed, I had friends who make candles or are into aromatherapy and they made me some beautiful things. So out of camera range, I have even more. So, so oh, I have a whole thing for good. her. I have a whole thing for Franny. And then my first diva, Sophia, the doggy diva, I actually have a whole thing for her. So anyone who walks in here like goes, oh, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, and it makes me yeah. feel good. And they come in and they feel good too. So yeah, my little studio here is totally um is totally in honor of all of them. So that's great advice. Now one of the things you mentioned, you mentioned you have some other kitties. Do you believe the part of the healing process could be to bring new pets into our lives? I do. For me, that was very important. I knew that I was going to want another pet. I just needed to wait for the right time. But if, that's not for everyone. And I would say, trust your gut. Talk to friends and family. Because the last thing we want to do is invite an animal in that we can't love, that we can't take care of, or that we're going to expect them to act like the other pet that passed my husband said to me over and over okay we're gonna we'll, we'll adopt some more we'll go to the shelter but you know they're not you're not going to get another wolf gong even if we find a tiger striped cat you know you can't expect that cat to play fetch with rubber bands and like you know bury his head in your hand in the middle of the night and wake you up and i said okay that's fair i think you you know it was really good to have him tell me that because yeah there's this little part of me that's like oh, I can magically make this new animal replace Wolfgang. We all have wishful thinking. And so I think talking to people, talking to friends and family who understand, and even professionals. I had a pet loss counselor because I thought I'd lost my mind to bounce things off of and say, is this a good idea? Is this the right time? Is this wishful thinking? I had my pet loss counselor tell me, you know, Wolfgang was very special to you because I was trying to convince her that he wasn't a cat, that he was more than a cat. And I'm not afraid to admit that because I know there are people that are, are I totally get you, Erica. I totally get that. Oh, yeah. That. No, no, we get it. She said it. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, I want to be that voice. <laughs> I want to be the person that says what we're all thinking, but we're not comfortable saying. To, to bring another animal in can be very healing, and it has been for me. I got two just in case I adopted two sisters because honestly before Wolfgang passed he was the replacement cat for Michi who got hit by a car six months before we got Wolfgang so I was on a, a not good streak of being a pet owner and you know it wasn't my fault I had just I had to look at that saying oh my gosh did I do something wrong so I got two and now and we had a peachy so we've got three now that's so awesome. And it's right. And you know what? They come into their, our lives when they're supposed to come into our lives. So I'm a firm believer of that. Now, Erica, where can the listeners go to learn more about you, to learn more about Wolfie's Wish and all of the things that you have and also about your beautiful, beautiful cards. So as I said, mm -hmm. I, I truly love the cards and just to pull one each day. I'm very much into affirmations, so I loved your affirmations and the oh, good. Uh, yeah, I'm it was so very you positive. Know, yes, I was actually really surprised to have a lot of people ask me like, "How do you use them?" And I went, "Really? Everybody uses affirmations." So yeah, it's a one a day thing. But we really have everything laid out on our website, um, wolfieswish.com. And I really encourage people to use the. There's free downloads. There's resources. Check out our YouTube channel for interviews with pet loss counselors. So you can see if one is a good fit for you. I mean, I could go on and on, but I also have a pet loss support group that I facilitate with four grief counselors, and I love it. So whatever floats your boat, come and join us. Reach out. We're on Instagram, on all the social media. I think that's great. And it is something that 
a lot of times people don't know where to go. They don't know who to talk to. Uh, they don't know how to process the grief. That's why I thought I felt it was so important to have you on, having gone through it myself just twice within the past year. It almost becomes unbearable, but to yeah. realize that other people are going through it and to see the way other people are dealing with it sort of, I'm not going to say it normalizes it, but it makes it more, you, you feel like it's more acceptable and you feel like it's okay. It's it's okay to do this. And And yes, I'm a firm believer that Miss Olive, she was not a dog. She was, <laughs> she was human. And, and she came, again, she came into my life at a very special time. But mm. yeah, so, but I thank you because you helped me to recognize the importance in honoring her and also honoring Francesca, who was 18. So she, she lived a good life. You were blessed to find both of them. I, I was, yeah. and I have a new one. That, well, I have two other ones here, but I do have a new one who looks nothing like any of them. So she came into our life again. They all come in, however, and she is now part of our family. We just we just got her a couple of months ago. She just came into our lives, oh, and um, she's, she's a joy. Yeah, thank you. Now, before we go, Erica, is there anything that you want to share with the listeners that we may not have covered? Well, thanks for asking. I think just to be gentle with yourself. And if someone's listening and they know that they know someone who's going to have to say goodbye or had to just say goodbye, you can show up and just ask, how can I support you? What does that look like for you? And I'm sure you're going through a really hard time. How can I help? And I would really love to shift the conversation we have around pet loss grief or any type of grief to that versus I'm sorry for your loss or it was just a pet or some of those standard phrases, like, let's be helpful. You know, mm -hmm. so that's what I wanted to end on. Well, I thank you. And Erica, thank you so much for being our guest and for sharing Wolfie's wish with our listeners. And as I said, as a pet parent who lost two of my beloved fur kids over the past year, I can personally attest that your grieving cards helped me along the way and helped me get through this really inconsolable grieving process. And on behalf of pet parents everywhere, I thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being our guest, and we'll be back in just a moment. Pet Life Radio, the number one pet radio network on the planet, joins forces with iHeartRadio to put the power of your pets in your pocket. Awesome. Download the iHeartRadio app and rock Pet Life Radio on your phone, on your tablet, on your Xbox, in your car. Pet talk, pet tunes, and fun pet times. Pet Life Radio and iHeartRadio. Positively possum. We would like to thank our guests this week. And also, as our doggy divas always say, please love your pets because they love you unconditionally. And please remember to adopt, foster, spay, neuter, and microchip. And as always, please have a great diva week, everyone. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Doggy Diva Show. To find out more about Susan Marie and the Doggy Divas, visit them at their website, thedoggydiva.com, and on Facebook at The Doggy Diva Show. Tell your fellow pet parents about it. We look forward to having you join us again for the next episode. See you soon. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.